Welcome to the Jonathan Wong Investor Podcast, where the goal is to share on all things personal finance, real estate, stocks, and personal development. What's going on, everybody? This is Jonathan Wong, and this is our, actually our first podcast episode. And uh, what we really wanted to do in this first episode is really give a little bit of a background of myself, and also I want to like introduce my wife in this as well. So. Really, what we're going to do is really talk about ourselves and our background, why why we even invest in the first place and what we want to get out of this uh, podcast ultimately. So um, stay tuned and uh, hope you enjoy the show. As a disclaimer, all things discussed on the show are the opinion of myself and for the guests only and should not be used to make any financial decision. Please consult with your own financial professional. All right, our first fo- our first podcast, first podcast episode. So, I'd like to welcome my wife Stephanie. Um, so yeah, say hi, Steph. Hi. So what we're gonna do in this first episode is just talk a little bit about us and just give a little background as to also as to why we're we're doing this. So maybe I'll start off with you, Steph. Like, uh, give me a little background about yourself, what you currently do. Um, corporately as well like work-wise and why like in your perspective why do you think uh we invest okay sure um i guess i'll go first um corporately right now i I do have a nine-to-five job i work in a law firm um on the finance team um currently almost uh getting my cpa um i believe you know me and you do are, are investing um because we we want a better future for our kids and we think there's a better way there have been so many instances that you know i can think about that um we worked so hard and we always ask why why are we doing this um you know the perfect example is you know when we move into our house um you were it was a weekend and you were working uh, but again i had no help uh because you were working um fortunately we were very very lucky that um my parents were around to help out um but again um you know something that should have been celebrated a happy moment came down to a moment where it was just me doing everything by myself without a partner yeah, so I think that's why, you know, we're investing um, to provide a better future to ensure that, you know, we're making efficient time of uh, efficient use of our time. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then like what like like what what like tri- like I mean besides that like how about you as like, like going a little bit further beyond like our like when we started dating like what how about like your past history growing up did was money ever like a sensitive topic or like was it always good and you really never really thought about investing like or or was it because of like recently that's when you started okay uh, yeah so actually um growing up i was very fortunate i grew up in uh you know middle class um my parents try to provide everything that I have or want, um, but I know that um, they were struggling um, money-wise. Um, they try to, again, try to save every single penny, um, you know, to give me a better future. Um, 
my dad was actually, is actually a real estate agent, so I got very lucky because he was actually he embedded this mindset of investing, um, the probability of it, and because my mom is less risk averse and wants to make money because of her background kind of really pushed um, all like my parents' investments um, with real estate. So was money really an issue growing up? Um, I guess in hindsight it was, but my parents never made it that it was, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's fair. They try to like hide it. We're not like didn't want to make it a problem. Exactly. Didn't want to worry anyone just to ensure that, you know, whatever I want, I got. But in reality, they were really like, you know, saving up, trying to make everything happen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good segue to like, like in my case, like actually the good segue to why we're starting this podcast in the first place and even sharing our story is like even for myself in way I was brought up, I was brought up in a uh, pretty typical immigrant household, right? My parents came from the Philippines. They didn't have like, didn't we weren't like, you know, we weren't uh, upper, we weren't like balling out, right? Like we were just a typical immigrant family trying to make ends meet in Canada. So they were new to the country, didn't have much connections. So um, as we were growing up, I saw like a lot of, actually it's funny, it's a bit opposite from you. I saw the fights, so I was a bit exposed to it. They weren't like purposely trying to hide it. Obviously, they tried to like keep it away as much as they can from us. But I saw it firsthand, all the arguments, stuff like that. So really what mentally hit me as a child was um, the, the scarcity of money and like, like and like how much arguments it could caused it could be caused by that. So knowing that I, I didn't want that. So that's why I worked work my butt off to try to create a financial foundation for us and also like dive deep into the, to, into the rabbit hole of like investing. Right. So, and hopefully we could help others in this story as well. So um, by no means like me and Steph have, you know, you probably agree Steph. we don't have all the answers and we're still figuring it out ourselves, but we wanted to start this podcast to also share our journey, our mistakes, our successes. And uh and hopefully we interview some pretty cool people that uh, we can learn from. And hopefully you as a guest can learn from as well. Yeah. So, Steph, you have any questions for me? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. No, or you don't have any? Okay. Oh, my gosh. No? This is our oh. first podcast, so we don't really know how this thing works. But, uh, um, but yeah, just, just to make a, you know, a quick comment on, like, like like a typical immigrant family um same with mine you know like my family came from hong kong um typical immigrant family um again very blessed um my family was able to make an empire right uh restaurant empire and it kind of fell down and i think that i don't know a lot of like background of it because again like my i think my family kind of try to not bring it up kind of shelter the younger generation from it but you know hearing bits and pieces pieces of it you know i think me and john really gotta like learned about uh the building an empire and what can make a downfall of one but also that's inspiring right like having an like a like a 
immigrant family, came here with nothing, absolutely nothing, uh, and building a big empire like that. Uh, it's, 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 it's inspiring. And I think, you know, John and I definitely would want that for our future kids if we have any. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, John? Yeah. Like, I mean, could you talk a little bit more about like, actually a good uh, story would be like, why, like when we first got married, we actually lived in Steph's dad's condo, actually. We rented off them. So um, we were lucky in that aspect that it wasn't like market rent that we, we paid back in 2017, but it was a good foot in the door and trying to like for us to live together and all that stuff, start our own life together. Um, but I actually wanted to ask you, Steph, can you tell me, tell the audience a little bit more about that condo purchase and like how, yeah, like from your parents. Yeah. Um, so that condo purchase, my <laughs> funny thing is my dad bought it at a free con um, sale. So um, his real estate company that he was working for had a bunch of um, units. And at that time, you know, like Toronto was 700 to 800 per square foot. And my dad was looking at Pier 27. It was at $1,000 square foot already. Everyone thought he was crazy to like even purchase it or even think of the thought of buying it. But I think um, he thought at that time it was a good deal because it was right by the water. And he was saying, look, like other projects are com- are lo- that are launching is way higher than this. Um they purely, he purely bought it on um, investment purpose, purposes and just in case, uh, funny thing, uh, you know, typical like being Chinese um, family um, and my dad being a U of T graduate alumni, he really wanted me to be um, going to U of T. So he bought the condo with the thought process of me going to U of T, um, me actually staying there. Um, mm-hmm. Little did he know that I went to Ryerson or <laughs> was going to pick Ryerson. But so it, it was um, his logic in purchasing it was multifaceted, right? Uh, just in case I needed a condo um, being in university, um, closer range, I don't have to commute. If I really truly weren't going to stay in Toronto downtown core, they can rent it out to a student, um, to um, a person that is new uh, to the job market. Um, they did purposely decide not to get a parking spot at that time um, because, again, you are in downtown Toronto. They figured if you're a student, it's already hard enough to pay rent. How can you like also pay that much rent for a parking spot in your downtown? You probably can just bus everywhere. Um, so that that was the thought process on that. Um, you know, they they still own it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I mean, that's pretty cool that your parents thought that long. Um, and could you tell the audience like what what year was that? I mean, to pay a thousand a foot at the time. Oh man. I, I I actually don't remember oh, yeah, how long we had it. Probably like late oh like late two thousands. It was definitely in late two thousands. I remember it took them for the builders forever to build it. It took them almost like five to eight years to even have um, the condo yeah. built. So it was definitely late late two thousands. And then after um, that, I remember they did purchase another condo by um, Scarborough Town Center, which was like where you used to live, John. Um, yeah. Also at Precon, um, they had a couple of units there. 
um i guess my 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 dad thought you know um again it's right at the subway line at scarborough town center um being having uh ut scarborough there um having like i think um um there's a lot of um companies around there as well if i remember correctly like factory like um, companies he thought it was a good purchase as well um it did it did came come with a parking spot if i remember correctly um again my dad is pretty my family is pretty risk um, adverse so um he actually sold that condo right after we we got it we um we got it um I think when he actually got the condo, he had a number in his head that he wants to make. And after, if there was an offer that made that number, I think it was like a hundred grand or whatever it was, he would just sell it. Um, I think at that point, he, he was a little older. He just did not want to deal with the headache of tenant and um, any repairs and maintenance. So that was the other one at um, Scarborough Town Center. Yeah. So speaking of uh, like like your parents buying that other condo downtown for you to go to Rara, so like can you tell us about can't tell the audience how we met? Like like since you mentioned Ryerson. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. Um, I ironically I actually needed counseling help, and John okay. was uh, sitting at uh, TRSM, which is like um, the new Roger, uh, new Ryerson um, building, business building, with one of uh, I guess my friend at that time that I met. I think um, John was studying tax with him. Um, I was actually just passing by trying to talk to him, like literally trying to say hi. And John was like kind of eavesdropping a little bit in my conversation. And I had no idea who this person is. So I introduced myself like, hi, I'm Steph. Um, what are you guys doing? Uh, type of oh, oh, breaking the ice has got a little awkward. Um, little did I know they were saying attacks. Uh, and um, I actually needed help in accounting. So I kind of, I was like, oh, okay, well, I need help in counting. So if you guys are studying tax, you guys must be hella smart. Um, maybe I can get your number and contact you. So yeah, that's how I met John. Um, and for everyone to think, no, uh, John was not the first person I contacted for help. <laughs> he was probably the fifth person and the first person to reply to me. Um, so I just went with uh, John to help me. Um, did I have to retake that class? Yes, I did. What a good pick up. But, uh, what a good <laughs> pick, up, pick me up, Steph. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's basically yeah, in a nutshell. Like, like that's how we met. And we met in Ryerson. And just as a background for this episode, like, um, I did take accounting at Ryerson and, uh, yeah, that's where, where we met. And, um, yeah, so it, it like, I, I studied accounting just cause I don't know. I just, I, I figured I've, I've always been interested in business finance and stuff like that. Again, stemming from the fact that I, I wanted to have financial foundation for me and my family. So from that interest also led me to the interest of an accounting because if I understood accounting, I understand businesses. Like accounting is like the language of business, the way I view it. Um, so that's what, so I studied that. Um, got my CPA. Uh, I worked a few years um, in various companies and stuff like that. So, and then uh, yeah, here we are today, and um, helped Steph with her accounting as well. So. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so that's a bit of a background of us. And Steph, I guess, is there anything else? I mean, I mean, now that we're at this point, actually, maybe a good segue would be like, what kind of, how about uh, we speak about buying our primary residence? I think that's an interesting story. Yeah? Like picking between a resale versus a pre-construction at the time. Back, I think it was back in 2016. So curious to know your thoughts. How- yeah, I, I just remember, you know, like me and John back then in 2016 did live with our parents. Um, again, because my dad was a real estate agent, I was definitely able to book appointments under his name. Um, so we were looking at a lot of resales. Um, we did end up choosing Vaughn to be our place to live um, just because it was pretty close to Richmond Hill where my parents live. And at that time, Looking back, I don't think me and John were able to live in Richmond Hill. Um, it was just really expensive back then. So when we were looking at reselling Vaughn, um, we were, there were a lot of, um, um, I guess, um, we we were losing on the competition. Um, there was no there was no way we were able to afford anything during that time during resale, especially when um, we they were pricing it pretty low to get eyeballs on the place. And then when we we're seeing all these offers, or at least like seven eight offers for a place, uh, we knew we weren't able to do the competition. Um, so luckily, John was looking online for um, pre-cons, uh, pre-con towns, pre-con um, detached, semis, anything around the, uh, around the area we live in right now. And we came to um, marketing uh, for the, the pre-con towns that we're living in right now. Um, so luckily, um, we were able to, you know, um, go to like the, pre, what was it? Platinum deals, diamond level. Yeah. Was yeah. that it? Okay. Yeah. I guess yeah. So. They have phases and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was in phase one. Um, so obviously in phase one, if you, if uh, the audience don't know, um, for pre-cons when you're in phase one, it's usually the lower ballpark of the price structure in pre-cons. Um, so we were there um, looking at the phase one, looking at um, floor plans when they um, send it to us back then. And we were debating uh, between a corner lot and the one that we chose. And funny thing is my dad actually did advise uh give us advice saying, hey, you know, if John puts his name down for one unit, Steph, you can put your name down for another unit. So you guys have at least uh, two weeks to decide before you go to the sales center to really sign off um, on the purchasing agreement. What did you remember, John? Yeah. So for the audience, like if back then, just give a little bit of contact, the, like, the, the, the environment that time. Okay. So First thing is like Richmond Hill is like and, and Vaughn are like suburbs uh, north of Toronto. So it was maybe like an hour away. We worked downtown. Um, so just from a commuting perspective, we would have to take either the go. There's a go train. Uh, there's a train that goes down probably an hour. And then we also knew the TTC was also building which is the Toronto Transit Commission. That it's, the, it's the metro uh, tr- 
transit system for Toronto that's going all the way north to Vaughan, which is an hour away from Toronto. So we knew that like back in 2016 that we wanted to target that in, in case that we could also have the uh, so we, we can also commute downtown, right, for work wise. And 2016, the market was hot. I think rates are relatively low as well. Uh, resale townhomes was our kind of like our budget is like in the 600s, 700s. And what, when we found the townhome uh, pre-construction, it was like it was a bit of a premium, maybe like five, five percent more than resale. Um, and then uh, time it would take to construct the home was about three years. So just using like quick math at the time, we figured like the pre-con was still suitable for us because it was only a bit of a premium to the current resale at the time. Um, so if you do quick time value money, it was basically like same as a resale, right? So if you don't know, time value money is basically taking uh, the future value of the home discounting it using like a current interest rate. So it's really the same value if you look at it at present day. Um, we could probably have a different conversation on another time about that. But basically, long story short, um, we, we came to the conclusion using pre-con because, and also another thing was the deposit structure, right? Like we didn't have the down payment, right, Steph? Like that was the big one. Yeah, I, I think um, the issue with us is we were getting married the next year too. So we want to make sure our cash flow was right. Uh, we had enough down payment for everything, uh, being able to pay off our vendors as well for the wedding. Um, that's why the that deposit structure was so important to me and John. So we are able to know how much outflow of money needs to be for us. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, we ended up with that. Um, like in hindsight, like it, it was a bit of a risk because I guess for, I could probably go into a rabbit hole on pre-construction, but it is a bit of a risk because the, it really depends on the builder itself, how much experience they have. There's been a lot of news in the headlines in the past couple of years where there's a lot of cancellations and stuff like that, and you only get your deposit back. Um, so it was a bit of a risk at the time, but uh, we did our due diligence in a way. We had our lawyer involved to check our like the agreement, what our risk was. The biggest risk was obviously not completing, right? Did it make you nervous that our builder was, I guess, relatively new to the market? was relatively new in the market but what made me a bit better was they had it was like a family that was uh lantera was like one of the big ones in canada so it was like a what is it a spin-off of lantera so i kind of had some comfort knowing that they had that backing in a way that reputation um but still it's a bit of a risk right and like luckily it came out uh our way so um think uh, yeah so it was a, obviously it looks good on our end but that kind of helped us for sure uh building our financial future i guess yeah and then i guess the last one steph like and then i guess now that we're yeah we we, we since we moved in um we, we closed in 2019 and then i think we always had in our mind oh shoot let's like invest we always wanted to invest like right and then maybe like do you want to talk about quick like quickly like um like what our next step was like coming from like, did we want to do a pre-con or to resell all that stuff? 
Yeah, I think, you know, we definitely spoke about it when we were living um, downtown, but we were still waiting for our primary residence to close off. We were still waiting to, you know, pay off our vendors and like the wedding and, you know, like for us, I think investing was in the back of our minds, just waiting um, for the right moment, the right time, like for us to be ready to do it. Um, I think when we were looking, <clears throat> um, John, do you do you want to start talking about Panda and Lakeside? Yeah. So in our mind was we always like we were so brand new in this world. Like we thought pre-construction was like the only way. Of, to be honest, we thought that was the only way of investing. We didn't realize there's other ways where you could buy a resale property and like cash flow from day one or start like, start investing from day one. So. Um, we went to all these pre-cons and stuff like that. We were familiar with the process cause just we, cause we went through the, the our primary home through it and, um, yeah. And then we started, yeah, we, we started going through the process, started visiting all the sales centers and stuff. And that was fun. You know, it was cool to see all the different units, but coming back to it, I'm, I'm, I mean, Steph, you can uh, like, you probably agree. I'm very fundamentals focused. Like it has to make sense. Like how, we have to like we have to like at least be like cash flow neutral right so when i ran the numbers like it's simple like you know what your rent is you know what your cost is how much money do you have left over for the month and for all the numbers that we ran and we could probably have another episode on this on how i run our numbers is uh it, it was always negative right all the all the pre-con uh projects were so uh, it just didn't make sense so i don't know steph you had any comments on the process yeah, for sure. I mean, when we were doing it, um, I remember going through a bunch of sales centers, looking at floor plans, looking at the, um, the cost versus rent, like in Toronto downtown. It never covered the mortgage. It just didn't make sense. And investment wise, um, it, like there's no cash flow coming in. We'll, we'll be putting cash out just to cover the mortgage, even if we rented it out. Um, so like, I guess me and John were stuck in a place like, Hey, wh- what do we do? What are the other investment opportunities? What are the like other, like, like options for us if it's not pre-cons and condos? Um, so um, I think it was 2019 when we went to Thailand, I think John came across a podcast yeah, and I started going to a rabbit hole. Like I was commuting a lot from like down, like from Bonn into downtown. Started listening to a bunch of podcasts of how you know other you know other it, it, like other people like us are investing and in, and in earning some cash flow. And what I found was a lot of investors were going in like out the outskirts of of Toronto, like in the in the Golden Horseshoe. So in Ontario, there's a there's a part. Um, in Ontario, Canada is a part in like South where it's considered the golden horseshoe because it actually looks like one. And there's various cities like Niagara, there's Kingston, there's Peterborough. So I noticed a lot of investors were going there because um, you can get the same amount of like you could buy, you can get the same amount of rent for let's say a condo downtown, but half the price. Right. So it's that's considered like the rent to income or sorry, the house to income ratio. Right. So we noticed it, was, it made sense from that point of view. So, yeah, you're right, Steph. After we came back from Thailand in 2019, we went on a trip and we started networking with uh, various groups 
and we realized that's kind of like our aha moment. We're like, holy crap, we could like make money and we can make cash flow on um, on uh, residential investments in other markets. Um, so yeah, do you want to talk about a little bit like the first one, like where we like and like actually talk about that and also what were your biggest fears? Um, I guess we can talk about um, our first one, which is in St. Catharines. Uh, we bought um, a detached single-family home. Um, me and John decided to actually choose St. Catharines because a um, it it's only an hour ish, hour and a half ish away from us, so we need we need to go there for any tenant um, issues. It'll be pretty easy for us and. At that time, um, you know, the people we were networking with um, were able to give us their contacts as well. So we were essentially kind of trying to build a power team in case if we can't go in there. Um, second, um, the GO train runs um, from St. Catharines all the way to Toronto. Um, so for, you know, any travelers, any workers that um, need to go to work to downtown toronto it'll make sense um, because there's always transit Um, there's also universities there um, so there's students as well so our our single family home what we did a rent to own program do you want to talk about the rent to own program a little bit and how it works yeah so the first one that we did yeah it's, it's a good point on that transit piece that was a good point because as the people like the people that were networking was just I'm not afraid to say actually Rockstar Real Estate is our brokerage that we worked with at the time. Um, they were saying in their podcast was the distance between Toronto and Barrie is the same thing as uh, Toronto and St. Catharines. And at the time, like in 2019, Barrie was booming like because of that uh, the go go train going to Barrie in Toronto was was was, was exploding the city right so. Um, at the time, St. Catharines didn't have the um, daily go um, go transit at the time. Now they do. They have daily go. Um, so, yeah, we're starting to see, you know, St. Catharines is, is definitely booming. Or Like, Steph is right. Like, the university and college is there. Like, uh, Niagara <laughs> College and Brock are huge there. So, yeah, and back to the rent-to-own, we did that because I could probably do a, a separate episode on this, but – more detail but basically it's like the the program in a nutshell is to help a tenant uh buy the home itself and how they do that is they they put up upfront deposit like a bigger down payment like maybe like 10k or something um like maybe they put like two uh, percent of the home or something and um they do pay a little bit of higher rent maybe like a couple hundred bucks more but that extra um, and extra uh, rent payment plus the deposit will go towards their eventual down payment when they buy the home in a couple of years. So it's it's a good program for tenants because it locks in the price for them. And it's also a good thing for investors like us because we get a little bit more cash flow on a monthly basis. We get that deposit. Um, but also at the same time, it's it's a little bit of hands-free in a way, relatively passive because the tenant really ma- manages the home uh, and they have an incentive to manage the home because they do want to buy it eventually. So it's a good beginner strategy, long story short. Um, and then, yeah, Steph, would you have any, maybe what about the second one after that? Like, well, what's like, what kind of, any other fears you had How about challenges or like? Um, with the rent to home program, I don't, 
I didn't have a fee. Uh, well, I guess when we were getting it, because it was during COVID, I mean, it was, I, I don't know about you, John, but when we were there, um, me and John actually um, interviewed uh, the tenant process, did the open house process during that time. I guess my fear that time was finding a tenant that would fit with us. Don't you agree? Because we did the open house. We did we did see a lot of tenants coming in to see the house, and then we went through at least like twenty tenants that yeah. signed up. And just to, my fear was just to pick one family was going to be hard during that time because yeah. of COVID. Um, because people were were losing you know their jobs at that time as well. So I, I thought. That was definitely my fear. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Just context for the audience: like we we bought in February of 2020, but we closed in like May of 2020. So just like in the peak of when everything was going on, so a lot of uncertainty and stuff like that. So um, a lot of people lose, and a lot of yeah, lot, like people losing their jobs and stuff like that. So it was a bit tough. But luckily, we found a family. Um, the, the daughter was good. Like they had good. Uh, like they had a good you know they're i can do another yeah another that's gonna be another episode but yeah like it was good i think we found a pretty good tenant um on that do you want to do you want to talk a little bit more about what the next one is and why we did it and like um yeah what made us like bullish on like the niagara area yeah so um so after the first purchase you know me and john were really thinking okay well we got a property. We are building equity. That was really the first strategy with the rent-to-own um, program that we did. The second strategy, we really, really want to empty up our cash flow. We really need cash. Um, so when we're networking, when we're talking, you know, again, John mentioned um, we were networking, networking with Rockstar and going to their events, and we found ourselves um, talking to people about student rentals. And our coach at that time also um, was really, really liked student rentals. So, um, you know, me and John thinking, you know, with our goals and the people we knew, it just made sense to make um, to buy the student rental. I, I think we bought the student rental a couple of months after the RTO. Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk about the RTO? I mean, the student rental and basically the peak of uh, like still in the peak of like COVID and stuff like that. So campuses were closed. Everyone, everything was like virtual. So it was um, definitely a bit scary, but we were still bullish on student rentals because we knew we knew like it would eventually come back. It had to like 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 universities and colleges are such a big institution in, in Canada or even North America, right? So a lot of people were getting scared and we were like, you know what, let's take advantage of it. It's coming back to that Warren Buffett, right? Quote, like be fearful uh, when everyone's greedy and be greedy when everyone's fearful type of thing. So we took a plunge and uh now I feel like that's probably, to be honest, at this stage, we're recording this in, where are we, September of 2022. I feel like student rentals are, are making a big comeback. And um, actually recently, like we had a pretty, like we had a few turnovers and a lot of the quality of the 
students are really good and we were able to up uh, the rental rates as well. Um, so like it's such a, I think it's a good model. Uh, it is more maintenance for sure. We could have a, 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 I keep saying this, probably could have a deeper dive on, on this, but in another episode, but yeah, it is a bit more maintenance stuff like that, but it's still pretty good strategy as well. Um, Do you want to talk about the last strategy? Yeah, that, that we are currently doing right now. That, yeah, so this is yeah. the last one. We're currently in it. We 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 like the convergence. So another rabbit hole we can get into. But um, long story short, we wanted to do like an added value strategy where you could add additional units. Um, we're at we're at this point in in real estate in Ontario or in Canada where like you can't just buy a, like a single family home and cash flow right and. So you need to add additional units, uh, more density per square foot. So we uh, opted to do like a triplex conversion in Welland because Welland has a pretty good, uh, um, what is it, uh, building department, I guess they call it. Like they, they're, very, they're encouraging like more density in their areas. So they're very lenient. Very lenient. Rules. And yeah, they're helpful on that front. And so, yeah, we're going through the process right now and uh, we'll definitely share um the progress throughout this podcast yeah i don't know any thoughts Steph? yeah so are, are you able to like elaborate on how we're doing the added value for a single detachment oh yeah so it's like a it's like a bungalow like 70s bungalow type of product single family three bed um two baths type of product and there's a basement that's unfinished and there's also a detached garage um, on the property as well and what we plan to do is um, renovate the basement into a two-room one-bath unit and then the detached garage will turn into a bachelor unit Um, so it's gonna be so that's three units in total the main will be like a three-bed one bath actually and yeah so it'll be a pretty cool product i think and we'll have three uh units um in welland so it'll be a good i think i think we're, we're pretty bullish on niagara i think uh yeah i think it's a good area and i think there's a lot of activity especially having niagara college there and um a lot of jobs as well so yeah anything you want to say on that stuff no no i i definitely um agree with um, very bullish on Niagara region. Um, definitely uh, excited about the third property. I can't wait until we are finished and see the final product. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Cool. I think uh, I think that's wraps it up for this first episode. I think, you know, it'll be fun. I think we're going to keep posting a lot of uh, great interviews and uh, I'll try to have Steph involved as well in the interviews as well, but it's mainly going to be me driving it and, um, and I don't know. Yeah, maybe any last words, stuff like any advice you want to give to anyone that's starting out in their investment journey. Yeah, I think you know. I think John can always agree with this. Everyone always asks when is the right time to be in the market. And you know, and I think you can't really time the market. You just gotta jump in. It's like your time in the market that would help you, not when necessarily. Um, that's my advice. When you're ready, just jump in, take the dive. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I agree with that definitely. But do your due diligence and homework. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall into FOMO and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree. So yeah, that that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or want to reach out, feel free to reach out on Instagram. Mainly, I'm Jonathan Wong Investor. 
And Steph is, what's yours, Steph? You want to call it out? Steph, miss you. On Instagram. So, yes. yes on Instagram. All right, cool. Thanks, Steph. All right, thanks, everyone. Have a good Bye, day. Bye, guys. Yeah.